Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, Senior Director of Valuation Services at CFGI. Today, we're going to go behind the numbers with my guest, Luke Bowen, who is the CEO of Evil Genius Brands. And we're going to be having a great conversation about craft beer and entrepreneurship. Thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. uh, It's it's exciting to have you here. Thank you for joining us. You've got such a great story. I thought it would be really interesting for the audience if we can start out. Kind of how did the whole thing start for you in creating what is now Evil Genius? Uh, Evil Genius is wild. So it actually did start out uh, when I was in college, uh, actually dating a girl uh, who's, uh, whose dad was in the, in the beer business for his whole career. And I just learned so much from him when I was in my early 20s. And that's where I kind of caught the bug and learned how to you know, brew beer and learning about what the business was eventually going to become. And then when I was uh, in a career transition during the recession, I was in graduate school, and that's where I met my business partner, Trevor, who's uh, an immigrant from Dublin, Ireland. Uh, and they know a thing or two, a thing or two about beer over there. So we just kind of came together and collaborated, and that was the idea that started Evil Genius, and now we're almost nine years in. That's great. Tell the audience a little bit about what Evil Genius is and and locations and things like that so we can set the stage for the rest of this conversation. Sure. Uh, Evil Genius is a regional craft brewery. Um, We make beer and sell it between uh, just north of Washington, D.C., all the way up to New England uh, and Massachusetts. Uh, We have a tap room and restaurant here in Philadelphia, uh, but our large business is selling beers to bars and liquor stores in that whole territory. So we sell to about 10,000 retail accounts uh, in in that footprint. And uh, that's, we make primarily ales, IPAs, uh, a lot of seasonal beer, uh, as well as we just came out with a line of uh, Kraft Hard Seltzer uh, right before the holiday season. Nice. I've been to your restaurant. It's really good. It's fun. For anybody who's in the local area, definitely recommend you check it out. And for those who have special diets like vegan, for example, I know you've got a strong vegan menu as well. Yeah, we're very, you know, we're friendly uh, to, you know, people of all different types, including our beer. You know, actually our beer is also vegan. We don't use any, uh, most beer actually isn't vegan, believe it or not. There's a, there's a component in beer uh, that's used for filtering that uh, we actually don't use. So our beers are vegan as well, if that's your thing. Wow, buddy of mine who's a vegan insisted that that beer was vegan. So that that may be a a myth bust for him. Yeah, that is definitely, yep, that is definitely a myth bust. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about a couple of different tracks here. One about the business and the beer and and get into the craft beer space and also want to parallel track that with the entrepreneurship that goes with it. So why don't we start with, um, in constructing your business, it's a fun kind of environment down at the restaurant. Your beer names are fantastic, which we will get to shortly. But is one of the core values of the business fun? Yeah, it's it's actually number one. Um, Our core value is happiness and fun. And everything that we do, the names of our beers, the styles of our beer, the events that we throw at the brewery and also in the market, um, they're supposed to get people excited. And, you know, beer isn't supposed to be, uh, you know, really highbrow and snooty. It's supposed to be really fun and enjoyable. And, you know, my business partner, Trevor, and I, when we were creating what is now Evil Genius, that was, you know, a real thing that we wanted to focus on. It's like, what I want to come to work here. And if the answer is yes every day, then we're doing something right. And, you know, if we're having fun and we're excited and that feeling flows really from us to everybody else, and then we're lucky that we have a group of people that have really bought into it and have then, you know, taught that down to the new people who are constantly starting. Um, You know, we have a really good place with a lot of people we love and trust. And I think that that's a big component of why we're still here and why we're still growing. Yeah. How many employees do you have now? Uh, Almost 60. Wow. 
That's impressive growth. Yeah, thank you. Nice. Thank you. It's wild. And, and uh, you know, I've interviewed every single one of them, you know, and, and that's, a, that's a big piece of, you know, we want to make sure that it's a cultural fit, too, that people are fun and they get that vibe. And, uh, you know, Trevor and I, you know, we're still, still small enough that we can touch all the people coming in, and that's really important. And we have, we have, a, we have an awesome staff. We're really lucky. What's a deal breaker for you when you're going through that process? Like when, when somebody says something or gives you a vibe, how do you know they're probably not a good fit? I ask like weird questions. I'm like, a, you know, if I, if I was to go home to your parents' house, you know, what's an embarrassing CD that I would find in your old collection or something? You know, <laughs> just, just something that's not like, tell me about a time you overcame a challenge. You know, it's yeah. like just something to get people talking. And if you don't have a personality and you don't, because everybody has something embarrassing about their life that they don't want anybody oh, yeah. to see, whether it's like, you know, an old, like, you know, boy band CD or whatever that you don't want anybody to find or uncover. It's like, you know, just ha- if, as long as you have a good answer and you can think creatively on your feet, like that's really what I look for because that's 90% of what a young business is, is just like thinking creatively and coming up with solutions to problems because there's not like 20 layers of bureaucracy. Like everybody has to take ownership of something. And I think answers like that are indicative to people's like thought process and their creativity. And those are the types of people that we're looking for. Yeah, that really resonates because I, I joke with uh, friends and family. Uh, I've got the best of bread album in my collection, which I bought a long time <laughs> ago because of a girl I was dating. And yep. looking back on it, I, I describe it as music to commit suicide by. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> so I, I, I totally get that. Yep, I have Weedus, the song Teenage Dirtbag. I was really into that when I was in high school. So I bought the CD and that would be, that would be my answer because the, the, they'll ask Ask it back to me, and I better have a good answer yeah, too. If I'm going to so. ask them the question. Nice. Well, that was good stuff. Let, let's continue the the fun aspect here, and let's talk about some of the beer names here. Uh, and I want to talk to you first at a high level. How do you come up with these names? It's you know actually it used to be that Trevor and I just did all of it, but we opened it up to really the entire company because you know we do have a lot of creative people that come up with ideas that we've ended up using like Trevor and I have named beers we've had customers name beers we have staff members who have named beers uh, we actually use a slack group now uh, with our own hashtag for beer names and um, I don't know if you're familiar with slack it's kind of like a it's a messaging service that you can sort different topics by hashtag so you don't have just one group email with all the different topics mixed in and we have one that's just beer names and so Anybody who works for Evil Genius has access to Slack, so they can suggest a beer name. So, like, once a month we go through and, like, knock out the ones that just aren't going to work. But then there's always a list of keepers. And we have kind of this, you know, running tally of names that when we need to name a beer, we just kind of go to the list and, you know, see sort of what what the next one up is. But there are also some times when, you know, a name really inspires us and then it comes out of nowhere. And then we just make a decision that immediately that's what we're going to call the next beer. Or sometimes a beer happens and we create, you know, liquid and then we, you know, Purple Monkey Dishwasher is a great example of this. Like we had this name called Purple Monkey Dishwasher, which is named for our chocolate peanut butter porter that we had for probably about six to eight months before we called it a beer. And when we made that, that beer and started testing it, we knew it was so wacky and different that the only name that was really going to work for it was something like Purple Monkey Dishwasher. So, you know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Sometimes the name for, comes first, sometimes the beer comes first, but yeah. 
the big criteria is does it make you laugh? And if the answer is yes, then it could be a name. Yeah, so for most people who are the, if they're looking over at a beer menu at a bar, a restaurant, what have you, they're looking for, you know, I want an IPA, I want a lager or something like that. When you're looking at a list of evil genius beers, you don't get that right out of the box. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about some of these other names, but has, has the creativity of your names gone too far in the other direction at any point where it's confusing people or are people really just buying into the fun? I mean, nobody bats a thousand, right? Like, yeah. there are definitely a few that I would like to have back. Like, they were maybe too long or, you know, they were just too obscure that people didn't understand it. But, you know, those are some of the limited one-offs that we do at the yeah. tap room. And, and, you know, those, you know, people like and they think it's funny. But for a beer to really make it out into the world and into the marketplace and to see it on stores, shelves, like, it has to go through a real vetting process. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we've missed some. But, you know, others, you know, it, there's also something nice about not everybody getting it right away. To have it kind of be this, like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And then they go and look it up and that kind of discovery. That, oh, that yeah. creates a little bit more involvement with the brand, too. Yeah, no question. And it's definitely fun. Uh, we only have a few minutes left in this first segment. So I want to make sure uh, I ask you, how can folks who are watching and listening either contact you, find out about where your locations are, how they can get Evil Genius Beer. What's the best way to, for them to find you? Sure. Uh, for the brewery, uh, it's uh, evilgeniusbeer.com or any of the social media hashtags, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, at Evil Genius Beer. Um, and if people want to reach out to me, uh, they can send me a message on LinkedIn. Uh, just see Luke Bowen on LinkedIn, and uh, they'll be able to find me. Yeah, definitely hit the website. It's definitely worth your while just to even just to explore the names of the beers. Uh, and it is good stuff, too, by the way. Uh, let's talk about a couple of them. I'm going to read off a few of them, and maybe you just react to the ones that, that are of particular uh, fame in your sure. mind, if you will. So you already talked about Purple Monkey dishwasher. Stacy's mom, I'm an IPA guy. Yep. Love that one. A hashtag adulting. Yep. That I'll, was our fifth anniversary beer, actually. Okay. Yep. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Santa, I know him. The flying Hawaiian. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> okay. Um, hashtag I can't even. Uh, new phone, who dis? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're all just you know they're all just super fun, yeah. and it's just stuff that we had just kind of came to. I mean, the fun, the funny, the best experience actually with any one of those names uh, were two guys from the movie The Sandlot were in Philadelphia throwing out the first pitch at a Phillies game, and somebody told them that we had a beer called You're Killing Me Smalls, and so they had to come and try it at the brewery. So Trevor and I have pictures with uh, Timmy Timmons and Yeah Yeah, the two guys that played uh, those kids in The Sandlot, which was my favorite movie growing up. I played baseball in Little League. That was by far my favorite movie and that was just kind of a surreal moment having them hang out at the brewery with us it was really cool they were they were super nice about it nice by felicia that's another ipa yep. uh, that, that i really enjoy i love lamp ma the meatloaf yep <laughs> but i gotta ask you about this one um baby shark do 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 <laughs> why because all of my friends have kids and they they just it was that song is just it transcends, you know, generations. Uh, you have, you know, young kids singing it to grandparents singing it, et cetera. And we just decided to be like, this is so ridiculous. We have to call a beer this. And it was a limited release beer that we did at the brewery, and it turned out to be awesome. Yeah, my son says there's a special place in hell for the Baby Shark song and the Cars for Kids oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll <laughs> so. be there. We'll be there beer in hand. So, <laughs> okay. What is Baby Shark? 
as, as a beer, by the uh, way. It was a hazy, uh, like New England style IPA. So we brewed it with okay. citron, mosaic hops. It was really fruit forward. Yeah. Um, really, really nice IPA. So, as you say on your website, it's silly names for serious beers. These really are serious beers, and they are very, very good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, name, the naming part, and one of the reasons why we chose that branding is because um, there's so much beer out there, and there's a lot of really good beer. And there are a lot of breweries, especially locally here, Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, that are making phenomenal beer. And just having good product isn't enough. You have to yeah. stand out in some way. And, you know, we... You know, I, I I don't have particularly great artistic ability. Like, I can't draw very well, that kind of thing. So, you know, some people stand out by really creative labels. Some people historically have made great beer for decades, and that's kind of their calling card. We wanted ours to be something a little bit more humorous. And it's really our sense of humor. Like, these are things that my business partner and I just would say to each other, and this these were part of our inside jokes, and it just turns out other people think it's funny as well. Yeah, well, you're hitting the cover off the ball when, when you're doing this, to <laughs> Thanks, be honest man. with you. These are, these are phenomenal. Um, just about 60 seconds, I think, to go in this first segment. Talk about the new product. You mentioned uh, hard seltzer. Yeah. Yep. So we just released a line of craft hard seltzer, uh, 5%, 100 calories. Um, we see the market also really uh, moving towards very health conscious uh, consumers and how they're making their choices about what they drink. Um, also, the hard seltzer market also taps into people who are drinking, you know, liquor kind of cocktails yeah. as well as wine. So we're bringing people also back that maybe, you know, beer is lost traditionally to liquor and wine. We're bringing them back in and, you know, creating something that's fresh and all natural. So we don't use any artificial ingredients. It's all 100% natural. Um, and, you know, we're really proud of the product and it's done really well so far. How do you name the, uh, the hard seltzers? Are they more traditional? Uh, no. Oh, of course oh, no. not. No, absolutely. They're all uh -oh. hashtags. So uh, it's hashtag throwback Thursday, uh, hashtag big mood, and hashtag best life. And we have grapefruit, lemon, lime, and black cherry uh, in a variety pack right now. I should have known. <laughs> okay. I think that's a really good spot to take a break here. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're talking beer and entrepreneurship with Luke Bowen. I'm Dave Bookbinder. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. NTV is a platform for people of any industry to share their story. Over 285,000 viewers are tuning in to RVN TV shows monthly. We guarantee a great experience that you'll be sharing with everyone you know while increasing your personal and company's brand awareness. But what is your brand? According to Forbes, it's a combination of your logo, your product, your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunity to boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest. Shelter dogs aren't broken. They've simply experienced more life. If they were human, we would call them wise. They would be the ones with tales to tell and stories to write. The ones dealt a bad hand who responded with courage. 
Do not pity a shelter dog. Adopt one. Say we've got grit, and we'll take it as a compliment. Because it's our uncommon drive, our spark within, that brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks, when others take the easy way, we take charge. Hey, welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and we are talking craft beer entrepreneurship with Luke Bowen, who's the CEO of Evil Genius Brands. A uh, lot of fun in that first segment. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and maybe get into a more serious note, because you are a CEO, you are a business owner, and with that comes a lot of responsibility. And uh, you mentioned your story about how the whole business started, mm -hmm. and you probably could never have imagined getting to where you are now and all the, the, the paths that you'd have to travel down. So let, let's talk a little bit about the growth of the brand and the company for starters. Sure. Um, so when we started Evil Genius, it was 2011. So it was right kind of after the U.S. economy was really kind of recovering from the recession. And so, you know, there was, there was optimism, but it was still very challenging for people. And, you know, making beer is very capital intensive. It requires a lot of fixed assets. And so... We decided in the very beginning that instead of trying to go out and raise a bunch of money or borrow a bunch of money from a bank, we were going to find manufacturing capacity that already existed in the marketplace and take our recipes and really kind of, you know, utilize somebody else's facility. And that was really kind of how we got started. Um, and I think that that was a different decision. It was like super capital efficient. Um, and it was definitely a struggle in the very beginning, too, because it kind of created this sort of slight dissonance between us and the customer. It was like, okay, well, you guys are a brand and that's really cool, but you know, where can we come and see you? And that's why having the you know, new lab and tap room in Philadelphia has been so important for us because it creates kind of this rally point where people can come and really kind of feel and touch our brand. But, you know, our journey was very different, I think, than most breweries because the traditional path is, you know, you you know, I don't know, you start making beer at your house and you start in your garage and then you build a brewery. And we just saw that as being just too slow. Like we wouldn't be able to scale fast enough. And that's why we made those decisions that we did up front. And it's helped us grow quickly uh, without a lot of like additional investment um, in, you know, fixed assets, which I think is very different for people in our space. Yeah. So when you talk about the brand and it's consistent with your culture, so aligning brand and culture, as we were talking before we went on the air, is, is just tremendously important. How does that translate into a marketing strategy? I mean, how do you take fun and make that a strategy? Um, that's actually a really good question. I mean, I think that, you know, you, the, the fun aspect becomes the cornerstone of what you do. It's like everything needs to come back to that central why. And it's like we do this because we want to have fun. And is everything funny? Does everything, you know, would we want to come to the events that we throw? Would we want to drink the beer that we're making? Would we want to come and eat our food at our tap room? And if all those answers are yes, then we're doing something right. And I think that having things be fun and lighthearted means that we're more creative. And out of that creativity, I think, you know, comes answers to more complex problems. Yeah. And we, we, 
talk a lot about the why behind businesses and the mission and getting employees aligned with that mission and that when they buy in and drink that corporate Kool-Aid, so to speak, you're going to get the discretionary effort. And they're, they're really bought in. And you mentioned something interesting before we went on the air that you know, sometimes in the day-to-day and getting stuff done, the task at hand, it could be easy or possible to lose sight of the big mission. So for the entrepreneurs who are listening and the leaders out there, What's your advice for them on how to maintain that focus on, on the overall mission and keep people tuned into the why? Yeah. I, one thing that we've learned over time is just transparency, just telling people what you're doing and why you're doing it. And, you know, if, if they understand that there's, hey, there's a thought process behind this, um, you know, it's the idea has been vetted. Um, then they're more likely to buy in. Like I, I haven't had a lot of success when I've told people, hey, this is just what you need to do right now. Um, I've had way more success be like, hey, guys, this is what we need to do, and this is why, because this is an important link in this chain between steps one and three. Um, and that I, has gotten a more positive response. And I think people, at least in my situation with our company, because we are sort of a young, growing company, um, they just want to be informed and they want to know that their work matters and it means something. And if you communicate that, hey, this piece means something to the growth of the business in this way or that way, it's, it's a little easier to get buy-in. Yeah, it's great advice. I think for anybody out there watching and listening, it's, it's, it's all about the why. Mm-hmm. If there's a bigger mission, a bigger vision that people can buy into and not just get stuff done because it's a task that they've been assigned, it's, yeah. it's a big difference maker. Absolutely. And the right type of people want to be part of that community. And if you allow them to be a real part of that community through that transparency, you get buy-in faster. and People are just able to accomplish more. Yeah. Is there a secret sauce that you've found in your discussions with folks? We talked a little bit about what's a deal breaker and why they may not fit, but is there something that you look for that you identify in, in a conversation where you say, yeah, th- this is the kind of person that would be an ideal fit for us? Just really good body language and communication skills. Like, Because you can teach people processes and tasks. You can't teach them to be eager. You can't teach them to be friendly or overly communicative. Like, you know, Those are the things. We want everybody at our company at, at every position to be someone you'd want to hang out with and spend time with. Yeah. And, you know, we have the ability, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to hire good people and fit in that mold. And, you know, if somebody doesn't, you know, wow us with their personality or how positive they are, then they're not going to wow any of our customers. And that's really important to us. Yeah. So as a CEO and business owner, you've got responsibility to your, your customers. You've got responsibility to your employees. Uh, you also have responsibility to your investors. You did a capital raise a couple of years ago. Yeah, five years ago. Yep. Yeah. Talk about that, what it's like to be involved in a capital raise and, and how, if at all, do you need to behave in a different fashion rather than the day-to-day CEO persona that you may share with an employee? Yeah, it's a really good question. So uh, we raised money uh, about three years in, a little over three years in. So we had already established our business and gotten to that seven-figure mark in revenue before you know we went out to the capital markets. And you know that was a really good exercise for us because you know working with real investors um, who come from because we just need a capital to grow like every business. But you want smart money. You don't want someone just to give you a bunch of money and then you have a third partner and then they're out to lunch. Like we have actually really had benefits from our investors and our people who are on our advisory board who are investors who are you know, executives at companies to help us avoid some of those pitfalls that you run into sort of as a younger organization with hiring or, or corporate culture, determining the why, things like that. Um, and then, you know, managing that. I mean, Trevor and I still control, you know, really all the company. You know, we, we didn't, we don't have a controlling or majority controlling interest outside of us. Um, but 
we, you know, we still took people's money. So we have a responsibility to them to make sure that we're growing the business in an intelligent way um, that, you know, preserves their investment uh, as well as creates more, not only for them, but also more employees and higher wages for our employees that we have. And, you know, all those things kind of work hand in hand. So, I mean, strategically in terms of the bigger parts of the business, we really rely on Trevor, myself, and the advisors uh, to really help guide us and make sure we're making the right decisions. But frankly, we get a lot of ideas from our team, too, that maybe change our perspectives on how we're thinking about things. And it's just a really interesting process. Yeah, for sure. Um, how can folks find out more about you and Evil Genius? Sure. Uh, so go to our website, evilgeniusbeer.com. Uh, any of the social media platforms, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, at Evil Genius. Um, and you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn at uh, C. Luke Bowen on uh, LinkedIn.com. And I uh, look forward to chatting with you. Yeah. And if anybody out there watching and listening has not yet experienced an Evil Genius beer, uh, definitely highly recommend that you try one soon. <laughs> Thank you. We only have a few minutes to go, maybe five or so in this, in this last segment, Luke. So I want to just get your kind of state of the industry, so to speak. What's, what's going on in the craft beer space right now? Yeah. I mean, I think craft beer, um, you know, continues to innovate and, you know, bring on more customers than ever. I think that you're seeing a little bit of, um, you know, some of the, some of the big national breweries are, I think, struggling a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, not because they don't make great beer, um, but, it, but because, you know, there are a lot of other craft breweries like Evil Genius who are local that are really kind of taking some share of mind in that local market. But, you know, we always have to respect, you know, a lot of the guys that came before us and including the big craft breweries, uh, like, you know, like Sierra Nevada or, or something that just make, amazing, you know, high volumes or really high quality beer. But, you know, I think that people still want to drink craft. I think people are always want to, going to want to drink craft. You don't start drinking really local and juicy IPAs and then all of a sudden go back to, you know, you know, yellow beer, Bud yeah. Light or whatever, right? So, so you have, you have a very loyal set of customers that want premium and it's just trying to figure out how best to align your values, your company culture, your messaging and marketing to what those people want. And then your beer has to be, you know, A plus top notch. And if you can hit things on both of those, you know, levels, then, you know, uh, hopefully you'll be around for a while. Yeah. I know the big guys are really cutthroat and they go at each other all the time, but in talking with beer guys, so to speak, I, I get the sense that it, in the, at the craft beer level anyway, it's a more of a collegial environment and everybody seems to be rooting for everybody else. Is that fair? Yeah, that is actually very fair. And actually, you know, even some of the bigger guys, like some of my friends that work for Molson Coors and, you know, are just are awesome and they're really pro craft and they're fans of beer. I think everybody in the beer industry, whether you work for, you know, a big company like Molson Coors or, you know, Evil Genius, who's a craft brewery, they're all, we're all fans of beer. And, you know, the craft brewery community is like such a close and tight knit community that everybody's really trying to help each other. And, you know, we all share each other's passion and art and things like that. And I, I really do believe that, you know, the culture, uh, of craft, as well as the culture of, you know, some of the bigger breweries, some of the Guinness, Heineken, Molson Coors, it's all a very collaborative and positive culture. And I think we're all trying to make sure that people, you know, try new beers and are continually innovative um, from the supplier side. And, you know, we're just really trying to connect with customers in a way. And I think we're all really fighting the same fight and speaking the same message. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. What's next for Evil Genius? Uh, expansion. Uh, we sell between uh, D.C. and Massachusetts right now, and we're looking to move south as well as uh, move into the western part of the U- U.S., kind of through Ohio, Michigan, uh, and down through Virginia and the Carolinas. So uh, geographically, we, we've been getting calls for beer, and we want to ship it to more people. So uh, just working on that process right now and getting all that down. But, uh, you know, future looks bright, and we look forward to, keep, to uh, continuing to grow. Yeah, we're excited about that. And, and look forward to your continued expansion. Uh, in the roughly 60, 90 seconds or so that we've got left here, I wanted to just ask you for, in all your experiences so far, for the entrepreneurs out there who are listening, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned, advice that you may be able to offer to the folks out there who are trying to uh, embark on a new effort to start a business or are day-to-day grinding in a business? Yeah, just just keep swimming. Like that's, that's really it. It's, it's, you know, keep your head above water, just keep treading water or swimming as fast as you can. Cause there, there are definitely some times where you feel like your effort isn't resulting in any progress. Um, and it's usually, you know, around that corner, right, right, right after, uh, you know, you, 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 you don't give up that something happens. I mean, you know, life kind of works in mysterious ways. It's not all linear. You can't totally plot it going forward, but you know, the longer you're active at the longer you, you, you're doing your work and you're meeting people. And, you know, if you do things the right way, you know, stuff does, stuff does kind of turn out and there's no magic bullet bullet. There's no you know special recipe for it. It's just, you know, continue to put out the effort and work as hard as you can and good things happen. Yeah. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And, and they, I've seen these, these charts all the time about the, the spot where entrepreneurs tend to give up and just beyond that last step where they throw in the flag, that's where the ultimate success happens to your point. So have you ever had those experiences oh, where you're like, oh, I can't believe we're doing this. I'm done. And then, Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't like, I definitely wanted to quit several times. Of course, like, you know, you, you run it when, when you're, when you're really trying to move that boulder, um, you get tired. Like you just, you're mentally drained, you're physically drained. Um, it takes a lot out of you. Entrepreneurship really does because there's no one else but you. And hopefully, you know, I'm lucky I have a partner. There was somebody else in it with me, but, um, you know, it's a very lonely sort of endeavor. And sometimes that gets in the way of rational thought and you just have to, understand and be like, look, my, the premise is correct. We have a good product or service. We're doing the right things. We just need to keep going and someone will notice and eventually they will. That's good stuff. Uh, I hope you'll come back again and continue to talk about what's going on at Evil Genius. This has been a lot of fun. We were talking about craft beer and entrepreneurship with Luke Bowen, who is the CEO of Evil Genius Brands. I'm Dave Bookbinder. If you'd like to learn more about me, feel free to check me out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Be happy to connect with you. And if you enjoyed what you watched or listened to here, please hit the subscribe button and tell your friends all about it. We will see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care, everybody. 